At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome, everyone, to the Sports Illustrated Media Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Traina. Thanks so much for listening. Great show today. Al Michaels from NBC Sports is on the podcast for a fun talk about his broadcasting career, doing games with no fans, taking breaks this season. He's not calling every game for Sunday Night Football this year. Uh, we reminisce about the Howard Stern prank call that uh, led to Al saying lest and farcical. Uh, talk about him possibly being traded to ESPN last year. So it's a great, great conversation with Al. If you missed previous episodes of the SI Media Podcast, dip into the archives, listen to them. Last week, Dan Patrick was on the show. Two weeks ago, Kevin Harlan. Uh, three weeks ago, Andrew Marshan from the New York Post on Sports Media News. And then Brian Baumgartner from The Office and Renee Young uh, four weeks ago. So check those out. If you missed any of those, subscribe to the podcast. And if you can rate review, that helps a lot as well. But again, subscribe, subscribe subscribe. All right, that's enough of the plugging. Let's get to the legendary Al Michaels. All right, joining me now, the legendary voice of Sunday Night Football on NBC, even though he took the week off, Al Michaels. Al, how's it going? Great. You know, legendary to me at this point means dinosaurish, so uh, yeah. we're not going to use that as a synonym today, but I, I appreciate the, the accolade. That's, you know, it's funny. I... I wasn't going to bring this up until later, but I just realized I had done something a couple of months ago for SI.com where I asked um, a ton of play-by-play people for their all-time favorite call that wasn't their own. You, you were nice enough to participate, and I appreciated that. And it was amazing because most of the answers were either your miracle on ice or, and I think this was the answer you gave, the Jack Buck, uh, Kirk Gibson home run. Well, so that's, that's interesting. Yeah, that was the play – but what's so ironic about that, I gave you the Vince Scully call. Okay, the Vince so, Scully call. And I saw, the, I saw the column, and I thought that was very interesting because, you know, Jack had a, a great call on radio. I can't believe what I just saw. Right. Which a lot of the uh, folks wrote in and said that that was their favorite. But mine was Vinny's call on television, mm-hmm. which uh, was perfect because we all know, you know, the story Gibson was, you know, coming out of intensive care. 
There was no way he was going to play. He hobbles up to the plate. He hits a home run off Eckersley to, to win the game, and the Dodgers go on to win the series. And as, you know, as only Vinny could call it, you know, uh, she's gone. And then he paused the appropriate uh, length of time. And as uh, Gibson is rounding third, as I recall, Vinny says, in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. Yeah. So I thought that, I mean, it was amazing that one play could create two great calls, one by Jack on radio, yeah. one by Vinny on television. I was surprised how many people said the Jack Buck call because it was a radio call. Um, but that's going to make you feel good that a lot of people went with the miracle on it. Your colleagues went with the, a lot of your colleagues went with the miracle on ice. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I, I love the fact that, you know, 40 years later, this thing still sings. And uh, I guess it meant, you know, it meant so much to the country at the time. I think, Jimmy, that a lot of this has to do with the movie that came out about 15 years ago. Kurt Russell played Herb Brooks did a fantastic job. The movie stayed fairly true to the story. Uh, a little bit of embellishment here and there, as Hollywood will always do. Uh, but for the most part, people understood what this was. And so kids who had no idea what took place at that point, they see the movie, and the movie is so inspiring to these kids. And um, it's funny because uh, Jeremy Roenick told me, you know, he had a 17 or 18-year career in the National Hockey League, that the call of that game when he, when he saw that inspired him to become a hockey player. So uh, all I can tell you is that uh, before the pandemic struck and – we, we were all in – we, the, the hockey team, uh, went to Las Vegas, guests of the Golden Knights on February the 22nd. They honored the team before a Golden Knights game in Vegas. And when they brought the team out to center ice, the place went crazy. Mm. And what was thrilling for me was they brought me out first. I introduced the team. And then we're coming off the ice and we're walking on the, uh, the carpet that has to go in front of the Golden Knights bench. And uh, – the players, none of whom were alive at that time, and maybe a third of them were Americans, and the rest were you know, either Canadians or Finns or Swedes or, or Russians, they all stood up, and as the players walked by, they hugged them. And I thought to myself, wow, isn't that something? And I think they were hugging them for knowing what these guys meant to the sport of hockey. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, it's, uh, you know, no one will ever forget that call, that's for sure. Um, we, I mentioned at the top you had you didn't call Sunday's Packers Saints game. What's what exactly is the plan for this year for Al Michaels? How many games are you going to miss? Why are you missing these games? I have to say, you know, Tariko's great, it, you, you know, but uh, people people like to hear Al Mal Michaels on Sunday night. Well, the situation is this: Mike did a great job on Monday night for ten years. You know, I did I did the prior twenty. Mike came in for ten, and then. Mike had a chance to come to NBC in 2016. And we, at that point, we had half of the Thursday night package in addition to Sunday night. And Mike came over because he was going to be a part of that and, and wound up becoming a part of that in 17. And part of the reason I think Mike came was to not only do all the things that he's doing right now so, so brilliantly, the Olympics and the Kentucky Derby and the Indy 500 and, and you name it, Mike is great on, on everything that he does, but it looked at that point, Jimmy, as if NBC was going to go all out and get the entire Thursday night package, which Fox has right now. Mm -hmm. So when that went away because Fox made a, you know, a blowout bid to get all of the Thursday night games, which they're still doing right now, Mike couldn't get back to the NFL. 
So there has to come a time when, you know, Mike really wants to be a part of the NFL. He's great at it. And for me, this works out great because I may take a handful of games off. Uh, I took the other night off. But, uh, you know, when you think about it, I did the first three. I'll do the next day. Mike comes in over Thanksgiving and probably the Sunday after maybe one more game. Gives him a chance to, to get back into the flow there. And it gives me, a, you know, a little bit of a break. And once in a while, a running back, uh, you know, he has to come out after a couple of series, just take a little break, and he feels uh, refreshed. I didn't so know if I the pandemic had anything to do with, with you taking it, some, it, you know, really, lighter traveling. It, it, really, it really didn't to the extent that, you know, we, we, we kind of put this plan in place before the pandemic and ha- having no idea this would happen. But as it turns out, I don't want to say that was a, a bonus because right. the, the pandemic is not a bonus for anything. <laughs> but in a way, you know, to be able to knock off um, X number of trips for me, it turned out to be pretty good. Because, look, it's not that uh, I do any heavy lifting or anything, Jimmy, but you know, there were there have been years when I have done like eight consecutive round trips to the East Coast. And, you know, That's I'm not a doing a woe is me thing on this. No, no, I understand. Anybody who travels, will tell you, you know, that's a, it's a little rough. And uh, right now, I mean, I've never had a schedule like this. The last two games I've done have been in Los Angeles and Seattle. The next four I'll do will be in San Francisco this weekend, Seattle the following weekend, back to San Francisco and Las Vegas. So uh, I, I hit the lottery this year. It's a little easier on you. So you're doing the next eight in a row, you said? Yes. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. Tell me about – um. Since we mentioned the pandemic, tell me about calling these games in empty stadiums. I f- well, you tell me that first, then I'll I'll tell you what I want to get into with, as a play-by-play guy. But what's your feeling with these empty stadiums? Is it affecting you at all? I miss the fans. I miss the buzz. I miss the excitement. Uh, you know, I've kind of been as a sports fan my whole life. I can kind of ride the the wave. You know, there's a, I think of announcers, play-by-play guys, as being lyricists and you listen to the melody and the melody is the, the fans create the melody <clears throat> and you're kind of rolling along with the lyrics. So I'm not rolling along to the lyrics of the enhanced audio. I mean, some of it sounds pretty good. I think we're doing a real good job on our show. I saw, you know, I was home this weekend, so I saw all of the games. Some of the games had really good audio. Others was over the top. It's almost as if who's, who's ever in control of it is making it sound too exciting. It's not that exciting at certain points. That's what I wanted uh, to get into. Yeah. Right. There's, there's, a, there's a balance that needs to be struck here. Um, but well, let me ask you. Uh, what, what I have to do, though, is, as just as, as, a, as an announcer, is I have to – I've used this analogy before. I'm like a horse with blinkers on, and, you, and w- when the horse starts to look around, you know, the, the trainer puts the blinkers on so he looks straight ahead. He won't look into the stands. He won't look into the infield. And that's what I do, too. I mean, we come out of commercial, I'm just going, up the game. The game, just concentrate on the game. So that part of it hasn't been hard, but uh, but I sure do miss the fans. Yeah, I mean, would you? I mean, I would assume subconsciously, not even thinking about it. Big play, the level of how the crowd is going crazy affects your call a little bit here and there. Yeah, I can feel it. I mean, I, I know when there's a big play, uh, and and as I say, on, on our crew, uh, our our sound. Mixer, our audio man. I mean, the, the Wall Street Journal did a, a story on Wendell Stevens. He's so good. I mean, he's the guy that plays that incredibly appropriate music going into breaks that are you know so yeah. uh, so wired to what's really happening or in that city or in the game. 
So he's great. And some of it comes from the league itself. And uh, NFL Films has, you know, taken audio from those stadiums, each stadium. Uh, it's a little bit of a trick, but I think we really do it very, very well. And, and I can't really say that it affects me necessarily because I can, I can feel when a big play takes place. Right. But it's a nice accompaniment when, when it's live, and it's just not live right now. Right. All right, now, take, if you don't mind, take me through this like I'm a total idiot and a moron who doesn't know anything. I want to know exactly when, because week one, I had tweeted something about, um, I said, you know, it was the Saints-Bucks game week one, and I tweeted something about how Fox was doing a bad job with the piped-in crowd noise because poor Joe Buck is screaming at the top of his lungs and you could barely hear, hear him, which is absurd when there's no fans in the stands. And I quickly heard from Fox that they're not the ones doing it. It's the NFL controlling the piped in crowd noise so what i want to know is who in your ear is is what's in your ear in terms of the fake crowd noise is that's what is that in the stadium as well what are we hearing on tv i'm you know it's interesting i'm hearing what you're hearing at home and you know it's i haven't taken my headset off to hear exactly what they're hearing but i think there's a little spillover and I think it is, I think it's somewhat similar. I can't answer that precisely right now because I, I think our situation, as I say, is kind of a little bit of a mix between what the league is providing and we, what we can do with it. Right. So it's a combo platter. I'm not exactly sure what they're hearing in the stadiums, but I do know that there was a, a memo that came out earlier in the season to the teams about the decibel level can only be like 70 decibels. Mm-hmm. And I think they raised that to 80 decibels, if I'm not mistaken. And, I mean, you go to a place like Seattle, where we were a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, the decibel level in there during commercial breaks is like 125. Right. So it's, it's vastly different. It doesn't sound right. But I haven't, heard, I haven't heard the players complain about it. I know that the Rams, the Rams had a scrimmage at their new stadium, SoFi, mm. before the season started, and I was there for it. And they were testing out the sound system, and, and the guy was just blowing everybody out of there. So I think I know Sean McVay and a lot of the players said, "Hey, enough yeah. of this nonsense." I think they've got it down to where it's tolerable for the for the players right now. The other issue too, I haven't noticed it. I guess I don't think I've noticed it since week one. But the other issue in that Saints Bucks game that I noticed too was there would be a play where, um, you know, let's say the it, the game was in New Orleans. Let's say the Bucks completed a twenty yard pass. You know, there wouldn't be the crowd noise, but then they would pipe it in and it would make you think there's a flag because when you're watching the game with the fans in the stands, there's always a, the level is always raised when a flag comes in for a pass interference or something. And the timing was off in that first game. And then you kept looking. That's what was strange about it. And then some of these games, you're right. It's not all of them, but some of them, it feels like the announcers are screaming at the top of their lungs. And it's like, the, there's no one there. What are we doing? I'm hearing that too. I'm hearing the same thing you're hearing. And I think a part of it has – it's a little trial and error right now. Uh, in some games or some stadiums, you might have guys who think they're playing video games, you know, sitting there twisting dials, right. making it sound louder than it is. You know, it's, the, it's like when I first got into the business uh, at ABC, you know, in the 70s, the announcers or the, the producers would tell the announcers, oh, come on, ratchet it up, make it more exciting. So you have this false – excitement that that just is is cacophonous to the audience and i think what you have right now i think what you're talking about is something like that that's taking place 
from somebody controlling the audio who wants to make it sound more exciting than it is. Right. And so you get all kinds of iterations of, you know, I guess there's some booing, some cheering, some, oh, you know, oohs and ahs or yeah. whatever. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's whoever's twisting the dials who has um, a lot of sway over that right now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's not something you want to make a big deal in. You know, we're all, it's a crazy situation. No one's used to any of these things, so you you know you don't want the you don't want to like go crazy about it. But to, hopefully, it'll get better as the season goes along. I mean, oh, and then another result of all this is we don't have the Collinsworth slide. I you mean, know, we, we had to we had we couldn't do that. I mean, right. uh, we we would have been Doctor Fauci would have called up and uh, admonished <laughs> us. Uh, so we 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 knew that had to go away. I think I said. Uh, before the season began, it's what we could do. What you know in baseball when a guy is trying to steal second and he slides too early and he stops six feet short. Yeah. yeah. So, but that. That's well, you know what you could do either. too. Maybe both of you put on the shields one night and then he can slide in. Maybe just do the slide right, thing. slide right. The Andy Reid, yeah, the Andy Reid shield. <laughs> Andy right. Just make sure we got a windshield wiper yeah. on it, and then he can do foggy. the sliding. Here's a funny story about that. So, I wrote a column the Friday before your first Sunday night game this season. And my lead item in my column was about how we're not going to see the Collinsworth slide. And I sort of did like a tongue in cheek RIP to the Collinsworth slide. When that game starts, now we have a way to track all the analytics for traffic to our, to our columns. When that game started Sunday night, my column spiked through the roof in pages from people Googling, where is the Collinsworth slide? That, you know, it, it's amazing because it really came out of nowhere. I mean, we yeah. didn't even know what was going on for a couple of weeks uh, last year. And then all of a sudden, uh, we, we started to talk about it in our meeting. And what are we going to do with this? So are, is, it, is this something that's so internal that 99% of the audience won't know? But we were starting to get a lot of feedback on it. And then we figured out we would fool around with it. Yeah. And then I think we were doing a game in L.A. Uh, in November or December last year. We had Chris coming from the other side and all hell broke the, loose on yeah, twitter yeah, yeah your, your column must have exploded at that particular <laughs> yeah. point the, the the page views yeah. but we had a lot of fun with it and, and the fans had a lot of fun with it a lot of people still don't know what it is but those who do yeah. they really get a kick out of it i want to i want to put it on sunday night i want to see you guys in the andy <laughs> reed shields and then did this slide and that's how we can make it happen um do you ever as a as a broadcaster you know you can't do anything but your job, obviously, and you probably shouldn't care about it. But do you get into all this rating stuff that's become such a big story now? You know, you look at them, but Jimmy, I have never believed in a lot of the, the methodology. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, this is heresy to some people in the business. But here's my, what I think is this. Um, if I'm doing a Super Bowl and people say, do you get nervous? And I think to myself, okay, let's say there's 100 million people in the audience. What I think to myself is 230 million people are not in that audience because we live in a country of 330 million people. Right. So that's one way to kind of fool around with your, your, with your brain. And so when I see something like our Dallas-Los uh, Angeles Ram game on opening night does 20 million viewers, which is a lot, and it's the number one show for the week. But I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, that's about 6% of the country. Are you telling me that 94% of the country is not watching that game? I just think that's a little high because 
maybe we live in this internal uh, insular world because we're all sports fans. We talk right. about sports and we love sports. But I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. 94% of the people in this country, of those, some, some of those people have to be watching the game. Mm -hmm. So I don't know the methodology. I've never known anybody who's had a rating book. I don't know how the hell all this stuff is done. And so, you know, you look at it, and my, the biggest joke to me is I, when I look at some of these uh, blogs, or not blogs, but, you know, websites right. that deal with ratings and Hollywood and all this stuff, and it's always like Sunday Night Football ratings tank. And I'm going, excuse me? Right, right. <laughs> it's number one 10 years in a row. And you look at, I mean, the, the Emmys, the Emmys, Jimmy, the Emmys, we – we, we beat the Emmys three to one. Oh, yeah. the Emmys, this, the I'm, I'm sorry, you know, but it, there's, there's a part of me that wants to go, stop it already. What are you talking about? Ratings tank? Because it's down to 19 million from 20 million? Right. So when it comes to ratings, that's my feeling and I'm sticking to it. At, literally, as you were speaking to me, it just came out that the uh, Cowboys-Seahawks game on Sunday that was on Fox at 425, 23 million viewers. So I think the NFL is in good shape, I would just say that tremendous Jim, Jim, and look at all of the all the, I, I love when they talk about shows that you know the whole world is watching and you get seven million people are watching what right. what well, world the, is that well i think you know there's no such thing as nuance anymore and everything is either black or white and no one no one wants to see the gray in it and the truth of them and god forbid god forbid you hold two different thoughts at once that's the biggest no no <laughs> oh, no matter is that the nfl's ratings can be down a little bit and the league could still be thriving and massively successful and very healthy, which is, I think, what the case is now because 23 million people watch Seahawks-Cowboys, like you said, 20 million watch that game. So, okay, maybe it's down a couple of percentage points from the year before, which there's so many factors. I mean, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. We're in an election year. Cable news ratings are through the roof right now. Um, so they can be down and they can still be tremendous ratings. Like both right. things are true. It's true. But again, remember now, you just used the term through the roof. Yeah. What does that mean? Not as good as the show, NFL. A, 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 cable, a cable show that may do 800,000 does 950,000. So that's a big bump. Yeah. And then, you know, you got these uh, websites. It's all, oh, you know, it, it is through the roof. Well, really? That, that's, that's for them. That, for, them. Through, for, for them, it's through the roof. Right. But, you right. know. Roofs, our, our roof is way, right. way up. Their roof is down here. Right. And here's the other thing about Sunday Night Football, especially since it's on broadcast TV in prime time. John O'Ran, Sports Business Journal, had this in his newsletter last night. I wrote about it today. Do you know that the four broadcast networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, Fox, are down 47% Monday through Thursday? They're entertainment programs. So, again, the NFL... The networks will, when the contracts come up, the networks are going to pay more money than you've ever seen in your life to get the NFL package because it's still printing money for these networks. Uh, no doubt. And, and look, if you're an advertiser and you want to get in front of a lot of, as they say, eyeballs, you're going to go to the NFL. It's going to cost you an arm and a leg. But, you know, look at the companies that, that advertise. They're the major, major American and international companies. That will, they will advertise. They will, they, will, they will get out there. So, look, I mean, network ratings, over-the-air ratings have diminished, you know, almost year by year for a long period of time. A lot of it has to do with the proliferation of cable. A lot of it has to do with time shifting. I mean, people are 
taping shows or recording shows and then watching them at their own convenience. Streaming. How in the world do you rate streaming? You know, kids running around uh, uh, on his bicycle looking at uh, <laughs> uh, something. Does that get rated by, by Nielsen or, or the authorities that, that are out there doing these numbers? I don't think so. So there, there's just so many more opportunities for people to go different places. I mean, multiple places as opposed to, uh, look, I grew up in this era when I went to uh, ABC network television, you had, you had the three broadcast networks. Fox wasn't even in the, in the right. mix at that point. You had almost no cable and you had UHF, which meant you had to have the rabbit ears uh, on your television set pointed at a certain angle with aluminum foil attached to them. That was how it was, you know, 40 years ago. So look where we've come right now. Now, you know, you get a cell phone and you're in a men's room in Bulgaria and you can go watch an NFL game. Yeah. I, I had to pick up dinner Sunday night. <laughs> I don't, I shouldn't say this, but you know, I throw Cowboy Seahawks on the iPad in the car, go pick up the pizza, get back home and you know, you're good to go. Um, you don't, mentioned don't text, and, don't text and drive though. No, text, right no, no, no. Just okay. listen to Joe Buck. That's all. I don't even watch <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You mentioned ABC. I wanted to reminisce with you for a bit because everyone associates you, obviously, as an NFL announcer, Miracle on Ice. But for me, as someone who grew up in the 80s, big baseball fan, I'm getting such a huge kick out of the fact that there's afternoon, day baseball playoff games on ABC this week. And you called, tell me, I, I was going to look it up and I said, I'd rather Al just tell me, how many years did you do baseball with ABC? Who did you work with? I know you worked with Howard a little bit there, but like, what was your baseball ABC career? So yeah. I was doing the San Francisco Giants in 1976. I had done the Cincinnati Reds for three years. I went to San Francisco, did the Giants. So in 76, ABC starts Monday night baseball. Right. And they needed an announcer, a play-by-play man, to do the B game, the second game. They'd already hired Bob Prince to do the A game. Uh, I got hired to do the B game. So I would do the Giants six days a week, fly to the Monday game. So that was my first year with them, uh, even though I was a, a freelance guy. 
So they then signed me full-time. I leave the Giants. <clears throat> I go to ABC in 1977. I did every year of Monday Night Baseball, all of it through, through 89. So I did – yeah. it was 76 to 89. So you had 14 seasons, and mm -hmm. I ended it with the Earthquake World Series. <clears throat> so I did, I did 14 years of, of that, and then the Baseball Network came back in 94, 95. Right. And I did the World Series in 95, split it with Bob Costas and NBC. So who did I work with? My original crew in 76 was Bob Gibson and Norm Cash. And then full-time in 77, I started to work with any number of people. Howard Cosell probably did about 50 games with Howard through the years. Bill White, former Yan you know, Yankee announcer, uh, great player. Lou Brock did a game with Mark the Bird Fidrich, uh, did games with and – then, and then Jim Palmer was starting to – Think about retirement. So we brought Jim in. We brought Tim McCarver in. And by the way, when I talk about teams that I've worked with, McCarver and Palmer, I loved that combo. Three three man booths are, are not easy, as you know. Yeah. But with McCarver and Palmer, we just had a blast. And we all, I just got a, a text from Jim last night. In fact, a great time with those guys. Just great. And um, uh, we would bring in other people. Steve Stone was another guy who I, I helped break into the business. So uh, we had a mishmash, but right. uh, a lot of those people went on to, to do some pretty good things. And then I, re I remember, maybe because I'm in New York, I remember 86 vividly with the Mets and Astros because it was a legendary series. And Keith Jackson called those. Did you do any of those games? Any Mets? Oh, no, no, I, I did Boston and the Angels. Right. That's which, right. Which, the Donnie was, Moore. Right. Oh, that was as good as to yeah. me. My favorite baseball game ever was game five of the 86 playoffs where Dave Henderson keeps it alive with a home run. Yeah. Angels tie the game in the bottom of the night. They can win. They can win the pennant. They got Grich and DeCincy come up with the bases loaded. They they can't get them in. Uh, Red Sox win it in eleven. Go back to Boston. Win you know games six and seven. So the Mets Astros series was fantastic, and Keith did that with McCarver, and then I did Angels Red Sox with Palmer. But when people say to me, you know. Give, give me your five greatest events. I mean, hockey is number one. That's on a, a, a shelf by itself. But that baseball game is, yeah. is right up there yeah. in the top five. That's pretty. How about that, though, for ABC in 86? Al Michaels calling the ALCS in the, and, then, and then Keith calling the NLCS for the same now. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. That's good stuff there. Uh, 80, yeah, 86. And, and, and no, Series 2. Red Sox, Angels, oh, and then and right. the Astros, on, Mets. Or just, on NBC. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah. The whole thing. Can't say I ever. Th I never thought I'd see baseball playoff on network television in the afternoon again. Can't believe it's happening this week. Well, you know what? When you think about it, I mean, what are the ratings in the afternoon? I mean, you got some right. soap operas, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't look at the a lot of talk shows. Television in the afternoon. A lot of talk shows. So you know, why not? Throw, you yeah. might as well throw a baseball game in there. You, yeah. you probably get the same rating you're going to get someplace else. Would you, if, if if the opportunity ever presented itself, let's you know, let's say. Something happens. Let's say you end up back at ESPN. I know they tried to trade for you again, according to one story. Would you ever want to call baseball again? I loved it, and I say that in, in past tense, Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> I, I built I built my career around baseball. Uh, I love you know. I wound up you know did the Hawaii Islanders and the Miners. I did the Cincinnati Reds. I did the Big Red Machine. I had Bench and Rosen, Perez and Morgan. I had that team. Did the Giants, ABC. And I was really heartbroken when we lost the rights after the 89 season. <clears throat> we got it back 
in a, in a kind of a, uh, a funny form in the baseball network years. But I have not done a game since the 1995 game five of the World Series Atlanta-Cleveland. So you're talking about 25 years ago. Yeah. I think, you know, I think to myself, and, and uh, Baseball Network really did a, a nice job. It was great. My friend you know, Bruce Kornblatt produced it, and they went back and they did my career baseball, and I'm watching this thing, and it was a lot of fun. But I'm thinking to myself, that's some other person. That's a different life. Lifetime, yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's, that's some other lifetime. And somebody said, well, how many World Series did you do? I said, eight. I did eight World Series on national television. So I'm thinking, E. But if I had to go back in and do it right now, Jimmy, I'm too far behind. I'm, you know, I just haven't kept up with it. Right. It's too hard. And, I mean, if you put me in the uh, – in in the in the booth right now, I want to know if you know Koufax was pitching tonight. <laughs> well, what was that whole thing like when there were reports that you were going to get traded to ESPN? Did you were you did you find it funny? Was it true? What, what can you tell me about that? It was very interesting, and I'll tell you what. I mean, this sounds funny, but I got to give Andrew Marshchain of the New York Post a plug because he was he was calling me, and I said, Andrew, you have to understand something. <clears throat> I'm finding out about myself through your column. He was really wired into what yeah. was going on. And I, clearly there was an attempt on their part to see if I would be available. Let's put it that way. But, I mean, the irony is sometimes, you know, you're a little bit in the dark because there's stuff going on and you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And, you know, to me, I, look, I was under contract to NBC. And right. so I, I really didn't want to be a party to whatever was going to happen. But Andrew had uh, he had all the goods on it, so I yeah. guess the uh, <clears throat> the uh, foray into the potential trade was uh, was uh, squelched, and uh, here I am. Did you allow your brain at all to think though? Because the one thing is, if you do go to ES, if, if you let's say you were traded to ESPN, I mean they they have everything. They have Monday Night Football, they have the NBA, they have baseball, they have golf, they have tennis. Um, did you, did that was that in your brain at all? Because like you go there and probably say, "Listen, I want to call this, this, and this," and they're going to say, "Yes, you're Al Michaels." So like, or did, or were you not in the mood to change networks at this point, Jimmy? If this was fifteen or twenty years ago, I'd have had a different thought about it. But right now, where I am in my career, and I'm look, I'm I, in a way feel like the luckiest guy in, in the world because this is what I dreamed about doing as a kid, and I got to do it, and I got to do. World Series, Super Bowls, NBA Finals, hosted the Stanley Cup Finals, Kentucky Derby, Indy 500, Olympics, nine of them. Like, wow. I mean, I kept – I'm like Zelly. I keep winding up in these places where all these fantastic things take place. So I don't want to say it's, it's been there, done that, because I still – you know, I love what I do right now. You know, knock on wood, I feel great. I can't wait to get to the game this weekend. I'm excited about it. I, you know, I love sports. I love doing what I do. But to think about all these other things, um, as I say, it, it would be a different thought process now mm. than it was 15 to 20 years ago. And I wanted to do everything, and I did do everything. All yeah. those years at ABC, I, I was involved with everything. And, uh, and then you get to the point where right now I'm just very happy doing Sunday Night Football. It's a, it's a lot on my plate at this particular time. And, it's not to say I wouldn't want to do some other things uh, and maybe revisit things, but for right now, I'm I'm pretty happy where it's where it's at. 
Would you want to, you know, one of the, one of the things that's all over sports media now that every company is trying to do are these gambling shows. Would you ever want to maybe participate in one of those? Well, you know, I've had more fun being the rascal and yeah. throwing out these little asides. And I've been doing this for years and years. And now all of a sudden, you know, everybody's into this thing. So, you know, I, I can't be the rascal anymore. You know, look, we had it week one, week one. There was something because I remember tweeting. Oh, like, yeah, no, no, I'll, 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 you know, I, I still throw a little rascal stuff in there. Yeah. But I mean, I watch, you know, Scott Van Pelt and I love his bad beach segment. It's fantastic. Oh, it's so and one last night. I mean, it's really great. The over under. What are you doing? And the whole thing. So, I mean, <laughs> he's kind of he's made that into a complete art form right now. I, I could never I, I could only go to a tenth of that. But I, I've always said this. I feel one of the reasons I love sports is that nobody knows what's going to happen. And so if you were to say to me, uh, you know, I want you to make my picks over a long period of time, I would do no better than a guy throwing a dart uh, at a board. Seriously. And because well, that's everybody. That's what the truth is. Right. And, and, and you can't have more information. I mean, Chris and Michelle and, and Fred Goodelli and Drew Esikoff and I were there. We're at practice. We meet with everybody. We, we study it. I mean, Chris, Chris could coach. He could coach the game as well as announce it. He's that into it. So, so we know everything there is to know. We know the injuries, the, the whole thing. Could I, are we any better? And by the way, when we sometimes go out to the game, we'll say, hey, what do you think? And one of us goes this way, one of us goes that way. And then you got the, the, the lines and the spreads and the whole thing. Yeah. But uh, it, it, look, people have fun. It gives them a reason to, to do it. But I haven't, I haven't bet on a football game in 25 years. Horse racing is a different story. I used to love it. But you <laughs> yeah. know what? You're giving away 18%. So that's a, that's a game you can't win either. Right. Well, you don't have to bet it, but it, I, I like that you acknowledge it and, you know, give us yep. a little taste. Have you ever been scolded by NBC or the NFL for a reference to the line? I have not been scolded. I, mean, I shouldn't say once uh, there'll be a moan and a groan, maybe, but it, it's, it's ephemeral. It goes away in, in, in a second. I, I do know that I did the, the Super Bowl between San Francisco and San Diego back in 94. And I think the line in that game was something like 18 and a half or 19 points, 49ers. And my boss at that time, Dennis Swanson, came to me the day before the game and he said, hey, listen, the league is very sensitive to the point spread. So if you can kind of just not go there, they'd appreciate it. Okay, I'm not going to go there. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, say anything until the end of the game when the 49ers are leading – 49 to 26 and the chargers have the ball at the 35 yard line of the 49ers and Stan Humphreys is the quarterback and the clock's running down. He got a few seconds left of the game. And I remember saying Humphreys back to pass launches one toward the end zone and all over America hearts are beating furiously incomplete. <laughs> that was, I could not, I could not resist. So that was a way to kind of come in really the back of the back door and yeah. get to get the because that if, if they can't if they the pass is complete the, the the charges would have covered right and they were never in the game that you know steve young threw six touchdown passes and it was a complete round yeah. tremendous absolutely tremendous can you yeah. and there are a lot of things that are screwed up about this country right now from the serious like healthcare to the ridiculous and one of like the fact that there's gambling in some states but not all states like i'm here in new york 
my gambling website shut down a couple of weeks ago. I had to go find a new one and I can't use half of them because it's illegal in New York. It's like, can we get on board here? I mean, really, can we just get on board here? Oh, you're a congressman. Jimmy, yeah. what, what, what can we do? I, you know, New this York. Is all, this it, is New I York. Know, I know. And California is the same thing. I, I, I know. I, you know, I don't, I have no idea what goes on, how this works, who gets paid what. I mean, you know, you and I both know. I mean, this is all But that just makes no sense about it because everything is, run, everything is um, you know, money is at the bottom of everything. And this is a way for states to make money. So I'm, I don't get it. I don't change about it. I, I, you're, you're telling me, believe yeah. me. I don't know. I just said um, call your congressman. Get, get him on yeah. the phone immediately. There's nothing else to do, right? I just found another offshore site. That's all. <laughs> I don't no need to call the congressman. Um, I've had you on for 40 minutes, and I haven't mentioned the legendary prank call with Howard Stern. We've talked about it before. There's like nothing else to say about it, but I have to bring it up. I'm just curious. How often does someone bring up that call to you, like on the street, in a restaurant, although we don't go to restaurants anymore, even if you just walk through the stadium, do you ever get a, you know, Mr. Higgins, Peter Jennings, Lester? I mean, less than farcical have become part of the lexicon. With, with, with great frequency, Jimmy. Uh, and in fact, uh, I'm sitting here in my backyard and all that took place about six blocks from where I'm sitting right now That's because OJ, OJ was a neighbor in Brentwood. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I hear it a lot. I mean, what happens too is that, you know, Howard Stern has, you know, the, the best of Howard on 101. Uh, and so they, they replay that a lot. In fact, I'm driving around the other day and I listen to Howard a lot yeah. and they're, they're, they're playing it again. They're playing the whole Peter <laughs> Jennings thing. And the phone call. And the great thing about it, we haven't done a game, unfortunately. The Jets and the Giants have been so bad. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. we haven't done a game in New York in three years. But I used to love to go into the Meadowlands and go to MetLife Stadium before that Giant Stadium. <clears throat> I'm down on the field before the game. And, you know, it's only in New York. The guys are yelling out, hey, Al, that's a totally farcical call <laughs> less than anybody think so less than farcical have become the keywords yeah, yeah. i know robin loves to use it howard loves to use less oh yeah and that was one of those things where you know i had never used those words in my life <laughs> but here i am on national television yeah. uh, doing the play-by-play of the oj chase and i've got you know peter jennings taking a call and i don't blame peter i mean whoever the producer was who <laughs> let that call go through from uh, Maury from Brooklyn, as it turned out. It wasn't even Mr. <laughs> Captain Jenks. And I'm listening to this, and I'm sitting there in L.A. I'm not on camera at that point, but Bill Redeker is sitting next to me. Because Bill was there, and then we had uh, the Jennings in New York, and then Coppo was in Washington. Barbara Walters is coming in. You get this whole this whole mishmash. And You're I trying looked, to watch the, the Knicks-Rockets uh, game? Well, that, that, <laughs> at that point, I was not trying to watch that game. Because everybody watching that game was watching, was watching this. But I looked over at Redeker after, you know, I hear the, the initial hello there. And, I, I you know, I, I kind of looked over like that. And, uh, and the, the longer it went on, I'm, you know, and I'm trying to go to, you know, whoever can see me in our studio, like, cut. But away they went. And then, you know, and you got the Baba Booey in at the end. And I – but the, the only reason I felt I had to come in and say something was that a lot of people who – didn't have any idea who Howard Stern was or had listened to him or who Baba Booey is, would have thought that that was a guy who literally was a, across the street. Right. And, you know, I see OJ, he looks scared. Boom, boom, boom. So I had to disabuse anybody. I didn't have to, but I sort of felt journalistically compelled to say, hey, listen, you know, that was, 
a totally farcical call. But I'm sitting there thinking, I loved Howard, and I'd been on his show, yeah. and I'd actually sneaked his name into a couple of broadcasts, once in the Olympics in 1988 in Calgary. And I'm thinking, all I know is that on Monday morning, this thing will be played ad nauseum for months. Oh, yeah. For months. Oh, yeah. It has to be. It's the greatest prank all of all time. Five years. And I'm, and I'm thinking, how, how do I, how do I, how do I, position this so that Howard doesn't get upset that I'm sort of, you know, mocking the fact that somebody's making a joke out of this whole thing. So that's where less than farcical came in. And to this day, I have no idea where I don't know to pull that out of. I don't know what it is about it, but like I have to watch, I go to YouTube like once a month, I have to watch it and I've never not left. It's just because when he, when Peter, when you come in to tell Peter it's fake and Peter's just like, thanks Al. Yeah, yeah. happened on every coast. Like, on every coast. It's and, and, just... and when you when you think about it on every coast, I mean, I was thinking. <laughs> what, the other thing that popped into my brain too, I'm thinking, our Atlantic Pacific and the Gulf Coast. Yeah. What, what you know, you have both coasts, but every yeah. so anyway, so all the crazy nonsense that goes through your adult brain at a moment like that. Less than farcical. It's 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 perfection. I got I got to tell this funny story to wrap up the podcast. I, I, I don't even know if I've told you that. I think I may have told you this, but I got to tell the listeners. This is just, this is too funny. I, so, so either last year or the year before, it was like the 25th or 20th or 30th anniversary of that call. The 94, so it was the right. 25th last year. 2019, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So the 25th anniversary of the prank call, Mr. Higgins, Baba Booey to you all, lest anyone think. And I write a column because it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. And it, it's the anniversary and I'm celebrating it. And I say, it's the greatest call of Al Michaels story career and all this. And the next day I get an email from it, uh, supposedly Al Michaels saying, you know, thanks for the nice write up. It is the greatest call of my career, lest anyone think it's not. And it was a great, funny email. And I assume it's one of my readers playing a prank on me because the email address that came in, it wasn't like, you know, Al Michaels at NBC. So I just figured, okay, this is a fake one of my, you know, I have some wacky readers who do things like this. So I assumed it's one of my readers trying to be funny, a Howard Stern fan, you know, because I have a lot of Howard Stern fans who read the column. And I screen grab it without the email address. And I put it on Twitter. I'm like, thanks to whichever reader sent this in. I got a good laugh out of it. Two, three days later, I get an email from someone at NBC PR saying, Al wants to know if you got his email. I said, holy <laughs> shit, that was from Al. I thought it was a fake. I put it on Twitter. So it, it's one of the funniest stories for me as a, someone who does this. I got such a kick out of the fact that you enjoyed me saying it's the greatest call of your career. So, so in other words, you thought it was a totally farcical email. I actually did. That's, that's the beauty of it. I yeah. actually thought it was farcical. So no, I, it was great. I, no, lest anybody think that it was not a farcical email. Uh, listen, I, you know, the, the 25th anniversary, uh, I couldn't get enough of it either. <laughs> you're right. That's one of those yeah. things that, it just sings through the ages, and it, it, you know, on the 50th anniversary, probably won't be around to hear about it, but they'll still be talking about it. How, Howard's got to get you back on with the Zoom. He's doing all the interviews with Zoom. Yeah, I know. You know, I'm, I'm like B-list, C-list to Howard right now. You know, he's got too many, uh, you know, he's got Dire Straits and Oreo Speedwagon and all these other people he's got. <laughs> he's, what can I tell you? He's, uh, his guest yeah. list is pretty impressive these days, I got to yeah. say. Oh, yeah. Hit Chris yeah. Rock on yesterday. How's the... Yeah. You do, how's the um, when this first started, this whole thing, this will be the last thing. What did it take you time to get used to this? Zoom? We're doing this on Zoom, and um, you seem to get got the hang of it. I was when this pandemic first started. I was like, I wonder if I'm not going to be able to get guests who don't know how to use Zoom because that's going to be a problem for me. 
Well, the thing is, as long as uh, you got somebody to send you that link, because yeah. if, you, if you tell me to go on a site and go to Microsoft Teams or one of these other things, I'm going forget about it. I can't get there. I don't know how to sign in. Boom, boom, boom. But if you have, as your producer was able to send me a, you know, yeah. hit that, and and you're in real. Simple. And you're doing the production meetings for the games with Zoom, right? That's how you interview the coaches. We, and players? We, we're doing the teams. We are right. still able to do it ourselves. You know, socially distanced in okay. the hotel. We're apart, but we're in the same room. And some of our people are also working remotely who would normally be on site. So now they are Zoomed into our meeting. So it's a combination. It's working pretty well. I got to tell you, Jimmy, you know, before the season started, I I thought, oh, you know, we're going to have a lot of of issues. People will probably understand. It's not the same as it used to be. But, man, I think it's been pretty seamless. The only thing thing I really don't don't, uh, enjoy – and and, and wish it didn't have to be that way is we can't meet with the teams in person. Right. So that's verboten. Uh, all the broadcast uh, teams are in the same position. And the funny thing is we went to Kansas City for the opening game, that opening Thursday night game a couple of weeks ago, and the Texans are the visiting team, and they came to town. They're in our hotel. So we're doing a Zoom. We're on the 12th floor. They're on the 14th floor. Oh That's how God. we did it. We yeah. couldn't meet with them. And we, and we were about the only people in the hotel. So, I mean, the sad part of this whole thing, too, is you, you go to these cities, and we've only been to a couple so far, but <clears throat> like in Kansas City, that week should have been so exciting for those fans. I mean, the whole town would have been uh, wild, and, and they, they lighted up the town and parades and the whole thing, and you would have had 75,000 people. Yeah at Arrowhead, and instead, uh, we were in a new hotel downtown, the Lowe's, which they really did a nice job with, and our crew was there, and the Texans came in for one night, and a few other people were there, and that was it. I mean, they couldn't have done 25% capacity, and it was kind of a gray two days and raining and all that stuff, so it was like, it shouldn't be this way. I mean, the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, everybody's excited, beginning of the season, and it was kind of like being in some netherworld or something. But uh, the way we went, we're still going. I will say, just as a, as a fan who watches it on TV, I mean, you really don't, outside of like a couple issues with, that, with the fake crowd noise, you don't think about that there's no one there or there's a pandemic. I mean, it looks and sounds, and the games, the excitement level, it's all been the same. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, I think to a degree, the only thing that, that mm. is sort of, not unnerving, but I don't like is, you know, when you have to go to a wide shot and the stadium is empty. Yeah. That's, that's weird. That's yeah. weird. And that's bizarre. And you know, that's, you're wondering, well, you're not wondering, you understand why they're not there, but I don't like that. I think the one sport, I mean, the NBA has been able to do it. I think the best mm-hmm. because it's a confined area, you know, they've got the virtual fans or whatever. Uh, but, the, but, but the court is, you know, it was a 96 by 50. That's all you see. And you don't have to, you know, go into the arena. But in football, you you do. And I think, you know, one of the things that makes football so exciting, too, are those, you know, I've always loved aerial photography and the, you know, the blimp shots or the airplane shots from above the stadium. It always looks so big and and great. And now all of a sudden, you you know, you can't take those shots anymore. That's well said. It, it it always feels big. It doesn't feel big right now. But, again, if you get an exciting game, I mean, you know, last right. night, for instance, I mean, you sit there and you're just in awe for three hours of Patrick Mahomes. You're not thinking about anything else, really. You know? Sure. No, you're right. We did. Well, we had that Seattle New England game, which went right down to the end of the game with yeah. Cam unable to get in from the one, and 
I mean, that was uh, it was cool. I mean, you, you you kind of forgot about it. The game was so compelling, was so good, especially coming down the stretch, that you did forget about it. But boy, you know, to sit in that Seattle stadium, and I've been in there for I don't know thirty games, and the place is always you know jumping. I called it a sound garden, just in reference to the the old Seattle group and everything. Yeah. And all, and then you look around and like, what? Where, where is everybody? You know, did they not yeah. come to the game for whatever reason? You know the reason, but. It's just, uh, it's oh boy, I just hope it's a, it's a one-off. And now, and I, I don't even know if you know, because it came out, I think, a little before. So you saw the Titans news today, right? Did you, so. I did. I'm, I'm still following it as you are, so yeah. I don't know. Uh, by the time people are viewing this, uh, I'm sure there'll be more to come. But uh, Just hope uh, it's one team and that's it. And yeah, we'll yeah. Move on, you know? so we Baseball can, survived oh, all that mess in the beginning. I think the NFL will be able to survive. Yes, I think so. At least, you know, to this point, things... It's as good as it can be, and frankly, three months ago, I didn't think, I didn't think there was one chance in four mm-hmm. that the NFL would, would be able to pull this off. But yeah. here, here we are. So, yeah. so far, so good. That's right. I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we'll enjoy you for the next eight weeks before you get another break. And right. uh, like I said, right. the Andy Reid Shield, Collinsworth slide-in—that's what we want to see. Nothing farcical, lest anybody think. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. All right. Lest, lest you think I did not appreciate this, I do. So thank you and uh, <laughs> continued success on the season and stay safe. Be good. You too. Thanks, Al. Appreciate it. You bet. All right. My thanks to Al Michaels for the very fun chat. Always enjoy talking to Al and uh, we'll be hearing him now for eight weeks in a row on Sunday Night Football before Tariko fills in again. Uh, if you missed any past episodes of the SI Media Podcast, please go into the archives and check them out. Dan Patrick was on the show last week. Kevin Harlan two weeks ago. Other recent guests include Brian Baumgartner from The Office and Renee Young. Keith Hernandez as well. Check those out in the archives and subscribe to the SI Media Podcast. Appreciate you listening. That wraps up this edition. We'll see you next week right here. Take care. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainer, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.